So it was stressful because uh, it was the practice that was so necessary for me. Like it was like it was life or death. Really, that's what it felt like. But yeah, the biggest relief of it, this craving, was just in an instant. It was just gone. It was gone. Wow. It was like it never happened. Yeah, it was like <laughs> never been there. It was just completely just back to normal. You could say like back without this uh, yeah. splinter in my head to borrow the <laughs> Matrix reference. Yeah. yeah, there's no obstacle. There's no nothing in the way. There are no veils. There's no. It's never. It's never out of reach. I never have to like strain myself. Yeah. And if I don't do anything, that's that's where I am. So. Hello and welcome to the Lion Face Guru podcast. I'm Chris, and this is another in a series of interviews with the Mahasiddhas of Amrita Mandala Sangha, those who have reached first stage of Buddhahood, the complete realization of emptiness. Founded by Amrita Baba, we're a relatively small group of a little over 70 practitioners, 14 of whom have reached this realization, there being six men and eight women. So today's guest is Robert Anderson from Sweden, and we'll be chatting to him a little about his path, his journey along the way, some of the difficulties and obstacles he's had to face and overcome, from initial awakening to his lived experience of his realization of emptiness. So as I've said before, these terms, Buddhahood, Mahasiddha, Enlightenment, they do hold quite a charge to them in today's modern spiritual culture, especially around claims of attainments and this sort of thing. Well, if you find yourself a little bit sceptical about what we say, I think this is an entirely healthy thing. The Buddha himself said not to walk into practices and teachings blindly, but to assess and verify for yourself whether they do indeed do what they say they do to bring about liberation from dualistic thinking, to bring complete clarity of mind and freedom from self-based suffering. But unfortunately, it's all too often that I've seen people not question their practices, that their practices stagnate and plateau, or quite often I've seen people fall away from the spiritual path. Perhaps they think that they don't have the necessary discipline, or even worse, I often see people thinking that they're not naturally inclined to meditate, that they're not natural-born meditators. But I don't see them looking at their practices. Practices should bring about fruit. Practices should bring about genuine insight into the nature of our mind. And when this happens, genuine seeing into this true nature brings about a natural ease and a natural flow around meditation. So we do need to bring a critical mind to the path. But paradoxically, we also need to bring that with complete open-mindedness. For without openness, how can we truly ever discover what's possible? If the extraordinary does somehow exist, we would miss it. Our minds would be too narrow to see it. So here, I think, lies the benefit in these interviews. This is still very much a hypothesis for me, whether I can personally make it to Buddhahood with these practices. But when I have a group of friends around me who are very open about talking about their journeys and their practices, their highs and their lows and their difficulties and their challenges that they face, they talk about their raw human experiences, they live ordinary busy lives with work and families, and they're talking about experiences and insights that are similar to what I'm going through now, and yet they have eventually reached a point where they are talking about this insight of theirs into the realisation of emptiness, and they're talking as if they're seeing things from the other side, as if they've overcome this samsaric suffering of theirs. 
So this is incredibly inspiring to me. And I think it's really beneficial to have people who live in the modern world talking about their lived experience of this insight so that we can all learn from it, so that we can all begin to guide our compass to understand what it is that we're looking for with this practice. Okay, so before we begin, in these interviews, you will hear us talking a lot about the stages of awakening, the supposed opening and perfection of boomies. So to help you follow along to understand what we're talking about, I want to briefly try and describe, explain the path map that we use, the 13 Bumi model. So Bumi literally means ground of being, and they represent the stages of awakening. And as with the traditional Tibetan model, the first 10 Bumis contain our karmic imprints. And as we work through the 10 Bumis by first opening them and then perfecting them, we're stage by stage purifying all of the karmas of our mind. We're seeing things much more clearly. We're working through this fogginess, this distortion that prevents us seeing our true nature as it is. And then once we've completely purified all 10 boomies, we have reached this complete realization of emptiness. However, in our path map, this is simply the first stage of Buddhahood, and there is more to do. We have boomies 11, 12, and 13, which represent the Sambhogakaya aspect of our Buddha nature, the enjoyment body or the bliss body. And these represent the luminous quality or aliveness aspect of our being, which need a kind of activation or the volume turning up on to fully experience this aspect of our being. So even after perfecting all 13, we still wouldn't consider this the final fruition of the path. The final attainment being known as the full rainbow body, a well-documented phenomena in several traditions such as Taoism, Hinduism, Tibetan Buddhism, certain forms of Christianity. So after complete mind purification and fully realizing this luminous quality of our being, there are still supposedly echo karmas stored within the physical cells within our body that need to be fully released. And this can be realized within the living body and is fully expressed at death through the release of all cells into full-spectrum light, known as the full realization of rainbow body. So hopefully this brief explanation helps you follow along with what we're talking about. If you want to learn a bit more about our path map, the 13 Bumi model, you can look at amritamandala.com in the teaching section. So with that being said, let's get on with the interview and meet Robert. And if you do think these interviews are beneficial and will benefit others, then please help us by liking and subscribing. So now let me introduce Robert Anderson. Robert Anderson comes from Sweden and he's a family man. He has two children and he sounds from all sounds of things. He was quite a busy guy whilst he was doing his practices. Uh, one thing that was very interesting to me about his path, if we can compare it to some other people, you had periods where it was taking a very long time and uh, then your boomy openings maybe take a few years, but then your last period of the path, you seemed incredibly determined and you went through the perfections really quickly. Robert also went through some seemingly very difficult times, which perhaps we'll talk about a little bit uh, and had some great challenges to overcome. So uh, interested to uh, hear about how he overcame those, uh, see if we can get some information about what his practices were and what his mindset was and it's been uh, great to follow along Robert's journey we haven't had too much interaction but maybe more recently 
Uh, we've had a few email exchanges. I've never met Robert in person, but we've we've had a little chat recently over the phone to try and get to know each other a little bit. And so welcome, Robert, to the Live Face Guru podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to get to be getting to know you. Yeah. And pleasure to get to know you. So uh, the first question is, is just to try and get an understanding of what really drew you to the path in the first place and uh, the, the path in general, but also the path of Amrita Mandala Sankar. Okay, yeah. Mm, um, it's a lot of things. That's wow. That's a yeah, really, yeah. that's a really, <laughs> that's a, like a really complex web of different circumstances. And things that I, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, so when I, when I tap into that uh, time period, let, let's call it like that. There, there was a lot of things going on in me, but um, I think my spiritual journey started when my inquiries into this, the, the, the sciences, the natural sciences. I was looking a lot at the natural sciences to get answers. Like yeah. what, what's going on here? What's the deal? What's the deal with this life thing? Like what is, um, what, how can I make sense of it? Like uh, I, 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 was re- I was confused and I didn't like that. And I, I really mm. couldn't focus on anything else. Like I spent a lot of my free time um, learning uh, all of the most updated stuff, what the natural sciences were saying about uh, mm. how everything fit together and, and all that. I, I was really hungry for knowledge. And I thought that like, if I, if I just um, kept looking into that, uh, you know, sooner or later I'd, I'd settle for an explanation and kind of like be done with that. But at some point it, I just realized that this, it's not going to cut it. Like no matter how much data I get and like how, how mm. I, and I, I kind of at the same time sort of started feeling like these people uh, that were representing that area um, mm-hmm. were not asking the same questions that I were asking. They were like really focused yeah. in fields, but they were, and they were trying to build like a bigger picture, but nobody was like really interested in uh, the same sort of thing that I was like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to stop being so frustrated. You know, my place uh, in, in this life that I was in. So, and, and I didn't, I didn't get those answers uh, from there. So I kind of, uh, sooner or later, I, I, I kind of, um, mm got done with that i can't remember exactly how it crossed over into looking into um like other areas of knowledge like for example the ancient wisdom teachings but somehow i i got really interested in buddhism uh because i think probably it appealed to me because it was this um it was a methodology more than anything else um big you know, having been so much into the natural sciences, I was quite not spiritual, like in my oh, yeah, approach. Yeah. yeah, I did definitely didn't have anything like that. Like when I was even younger, I, I kind of uh, refused spirituality and didn't like believe that, that it was a, yeah, I thought it was all, yeah, I, th- I, you know, I thought they were all fools uh, doing, <laughs> doing that kind of, uh, really, yeah. like, 
um, like there was no substance there and I couldn't understand it. But then, but then Buddhism looked like a, like a sober kind of a mm, mm. Me- method for working with myself and uh, sort of re- revealing uh, the answers that I was looking for myself. So, so I started looking into that and, and uh, to, to tell you the truth, it, like uh, I was looking, I was at my workplace, I was, uh, I was like, like a computer technician. So I had a lot of screen time and whenever there was a moment that I could not be um, solving some kind of task at work, I would be Googling, I would be looking at Wikipedia. When I got home, I was reading Buddhist mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, but, but like I was re- I was not, I was not reading the heavy literature. Uh, I, I hadn't gone that far. I was reading all the shallow stuff, like, like what is Buddhism? And mm-hmm. I was looking at, I was spending a lot of time on Wikipedia, just going from article to article. Uh, I learned about the rainbow body, which got me super hooked. Like, uh, oh, I, you? All right. yeah, yeah. But what, uh, what time like, period is this? How old are you? Well, how long so ago was this? Been, uh, so let's see. I was probably looking for a good couple of years before I hit something that before I actually started practicing because I knew at the time I was actually, I knew what I was doing. I was looking for information before I started to practice. Like I wanted to know exactly what I was going to do before I started spending time like uh, okay. uh, yeah. sitting or meditating or something like I, I needed to <laughs> uh, be sure it was going to take me like uh, to the, to the end point because i i didn't want to be <laughs> beating around the bush with this like a, yeah because some yeah but it was so tricky you know there was so much vernacular there was so much like uh everything was so wrapped up in mm-hmm. uh, it was like philosophy mixed with um, mm-hmm. life like how you should live your life lifestyle choices and with like morals ethics uh, mixed in with um, yeah you Anyone familiar with Buddhism will probably know what I'm talking about. That it's like a, it's a big field. Like it's a big, big field, uh, mm-hmm. especially for someone who wasn't familiar with that before. But eventually, it kind of narrowed down to. I I kind of saw that the well, there was this rainbow body phenomenon, and uh, okay, so you were asking me when this was. So this must have been 20, about 2010, maybe something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A while ago then. Sure. Yeah. So now it's 22 and uh, mm-hmm. for anyone watching in the future. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, it, so it was a couple of years. And then finally, I, I kind of narrowed in on Tibetan Buddhism just because of the oh. rainbow body phenomenon, because that that seemed legit. Like that was like, OK, that's something, you know, you could touch that in a way. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I kind yeah. of like intuitively sort of immediately believed in it. Like I uh, thought, yeah, sure. I mean. Um, um, like why not <laughs> or something which was kind of strange for me because um, that, that was not in my character to kind of jump on that kind of uh, mystical uh, I think something so mystical would be real but uh, mm. um, but I did so I, so I started with Tibetan Buddhism and then, then, then I spent even more time just looking into especially Tibetan Buddhism and learning all about that. <laughs> and that's a, another really big field in itself. <laughs> so, um, but eventually I came to the point where I knew that 
the pinnacle teachings uh, were the were at the yoga and Dzogchen. and and that was and that was Dzogchen was what I needed to get. So I kind of understood that I need I need to understand Dzogchen. I need to mm-hmm. learn it and do it and and get on with it. Like so, so that was a long that was a long and tedious process. I spent a yeah, a lot of time searching, um, uh, and uh, investigating <clears throat> into that field. But at the same time, I kind of had my like uh, eyes and ears open for other ideas too. And in 2014, I came across uh, a method of of self inquiry that actually goes to the to the heart of self inquiry. It's actually the the real the essence of self inquiry in a really neat uh, package. And I awoke from that. I was lying in my bathtub. I was listening to uh, to some kind of, uh, it was a, a retreat video. They don't do retreats anymore, but uh, back then there, there were retreats. And I was, I think it was the second video that I watched. They were like an hour long. And the second one I watched, uh, it was described exactly how to perform this self-inquiry uh, method. And, and I did it. And I knew, I knew it instantly that, wow, like I hit, this was home. Like I hit it. Like I, I that was oh, the, that was the head on the nail. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. What were they called? So, I remember you said the other day, but I forgot their name. Oh yes. Uh, just that's the method is called just one look method. Mm. Then, yes. Just one look is a, the project. Uh, and they, they're still going on the, their goal is to get this method method out to as many people as possible so if anybody's inclined to check that out I, I highly recommend it whether you're on a spiritual path or not or whether you're enlightened or not I think uh, you know I think uh, any any person who finds themselves in a human body should uh, at least uh, you know give it a glance and this is an important point to make and at this point perhaps is uh, I've heard people say that that like we we sort of say uh, talk about the two part formula method in mm, our sangha yeah. and this, right. this this works really well uh, you need to do this come on everyone needs to come and awaken with this formula but we're not dogmatic with it it's it's uh, we've got quite a mm. few people in our sangha who've woken up via other methods uh, this yeah. is we're, we're very out? pragmatic yeah. it's, it's like whatever mm-hmm. works for you uh, two part formula method happens to be very effective and sounds like uh, you think this one is as well yeah, definitely. Yeah, yes. I am um, two-part formula. It's a. Uh, mm, uh, I didn't wake with it, but I've been using it uh, a lot in my uh, vipassana oh, yeah. practice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm using it. Uh, so I think it's gen- it's just absolutely. Uh, it's yeah, genius. Yeah. At, uh, it's, it's kind of a critical skill to know, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, in fact, I I'd gone before I learned it and started using it. it I went pretty far on the path. <laughs> On the oh, before I started right. using that method, yeah, and then when I did, it's like, duh, like, why didn't <laughs> I get, you know, be, begin at the at the beginning, you know? But uh, that event kind of, uh, I I became a pretty happy camper, like after mm. having um, uh, seen myself or like mm, had that insight, uh, mm. which was so important. Uh, so, so I could have, I could have probably gone on with my life and just kept doing my work and, yeah, trying to help people um, in other ways. But uh, 
but it was uh it was definitely yeah it was probably rainbow body and yes and when i say help people in other ways i i definitely recall now that uh, i had a i had a very deep yearning like that everybody would uh, because like going around having like woken up call it woken up or like um, mm -hmm. having upgraded myself <laughs> in some <laughs> kind of way the perspective you know yeah. like i have a yeah. shift in perspective and then like going around in your old environment and everything and everything kind of looks different but you sort of still feel the ache and pain of everybody else mm -hmm. like but you kind of want to you know you want others to have that too you just mm -hmm. it's just a very it's a very fundamental i think uh, uh, yeah feeling that you yeah you just want other people to experience what you're doing what you're experiencing if you're having a good time <laughs> so yeah. you want to share that so so it was it was definitely that too like i i had a, a feeling that i wanted to make myself like the best carrier for this mm -hmm. interest yeah okay yes yes so and so i thought that maybe buddhism would help me uh perfect uh like my character or not my well i didn't know what it would perfect but i but i thought it would uh it would help me in whatever it was uh, that I was wanted to do, you know, for the benefit of other people, especially people. So going into like how I, uh, Amrita Mandala, I finally found in, uh, in 20, late, uh, middle of 2016, mm -hmm. I found, uh, I sent my first email to Amrita Baba and it was, okay. I had found some YouTube video uh, of him, of him doing Ati Yoga. Oh, right. And it, this, so this was precisely what I wanted to find. So, mm -hmm. and I'd be doing it for a couple of weeks, or maybe like two months, probably. Uh, um, some at yoga meditations, and and I noticed that things were happening, like shifts were happening, like holy crap! I think like I couldn't believe it. Like I thought, yeah, yeah. Oh my! Did I did I find like a real Buddhist practice right now? Like is this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is the real McCoy like oh, <laughs> folks like okay not bad but um yeah but it took a while before I sent him a, uh, an email so but then finally I I did and I I remember being uh having such an attitude and being super cocky and just being oh, really? uh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you, you go ahead and ask him I, I wouldn't mind if you <laughs> truth about that yeah I, yeah like how, so so tell me right now like how do i see how do i get rainbow body <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah and like what's the meaning what's the point of it and like uh yeah so hopefully i soften up a little bit since then but uh but that's where it began so yeah yeah um not not that much longer i uh, maybe a year later or something i i got the empowerment um my first empowerment uh, oh, cool. Before that, I was doing I was doing the yoga and I was doing uh, uh, guru yoga mm -hmm. mainly before that and and I had some shifts. I was probably a year later. I was prob I probably had uh, six or seven boomies open, um, yeah. okay. and uh, and then I got the empowerment. Um, oh wow! So you, you opened a few uh, a few before you had an empowerment. Uh, so through through simply doing the doing the Atta yoga with guru yoga. Uh, I, I, I'm guessing you did uh, Magic Electron 
back in those days? Um, uh, yes, yes, Maciej Glabron, uh, as well as Guru Rinpoche. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and yes. then you got the, the empowerment. And just thinking about your, your time scale, uh, <laughs> you seem to really slow down after that. <laughs> just, um, yeah. Because it, it, it took you quite a long time. Uh, well, say a long time, long, long time compared to how you finished anyway. Uh, still pr probably mm. relatively average among our Sangha and how quick you opened all, all the boomies over mm. three or four years or something, three years. Yeah, I think the 13th boomy opened in 2019. Mm. So we're looking at like uh, from 20, from first, uh, actually first opening was in 2014, but then it took a couple of years before I opened maybe two and three. And when I got in touch with the, uh, with Amrita Baba, I was at third reopen, and that was in middle. That was in like oh. autumn of uh, twenty sixteen, and then, and then in twenty nine, in the spring of twenty nineteen, I remember at that moment I remember clearly when my thirteenth uh, Umi opened. Yes, yes. So that so that was the opening part of it all. Yeah, but uh, but it slowed down the the. Even though I, I got the empowerment, uh, my progress slowed down pretty rapidly because I hit some obstacles. Like I, mm -hmm. I'm not sure exact, exactly what happened, but uh, I was uh, I got quite ill. Like um, I started doing the practice and things were going well. And I was at uni at the time, and and uh, I had things going on there which was stressful, and it all just um, culminated in a like collapse mentally. Like uh, I got. I got, I began hallucinating a lot and seeing connections and uh, believing conspiracies and things like this. I yeah, would uh, yeah. shut myself off and put earplugs in with like big, big phones on with just noise. And I would walk around like that, like <laughs> cancel out every sound that I get. It was a really difficult time. And, um, uh, and I like, I would uh, feel how how my negativity was uh, affecting my surrounding uh, fellow people and everything. And so I was really stressed out. Like uh, I ended up going to a cabin for a long time and spending a couple of months anyway, I was in a, just, just locked away in a, <laughs> in a cabin trying to avoid everything and oh, right. trying to get, get a grip of myself. And mm. yeah. Yeah. So that, so that was a long period where, where my, uh, progress really stagnated and I plateaued uh, totally and I was just stuck in this uh, hell I, I couldn't there's no reason to sugarcoat it yeah it was it was terrible uh, oh, um, uh, may, I might as well tell you how I got out <laughs> like, uh, yeah. how that how I got, got away from that <laughs> so it, 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 uh, it sounds like you had a few protective mechanisms going on you had your earphones and you were yeah. getting away from everything as well but this is it sounds like it might have been pretty painful to you because you wanted to go out and help people and you wanted to go to the to the dark places and people oh. who are having a difficult time and help them but then you're having such a difficult time now yes yeah very accurate yes exactly that was uh, wow yeah could have said it better myself i didn't even remember that but yeah exactly uh, I I was so uh, that was a big pain as well that like the failure of my project <laughs> like yeah yeah uh, for sure yeah I had that haunting me too yeah just didn't have so much time to pay attention to to that because of all the weird shit going on 
so definitely it was a it was a big blow definitely to just realize that you're not invincible like <laughs> when you think you're kind of yeah, immortal yeah. and then, <laughs> but then you aren't <laughs> uh, kind of it's like a, it's in like that movie when the when the god gets uh, he thinks he's a god and he gets this spear like through his ear or something and he just starts oh, bleeding yeah. like oh he just his world collapsed <laughs> <laughs> like like sort of yeah and that somewhere some at some point um i started feeling good well enough to actually get practicing again i started sitting again and i like got back into the routine and the mindset of of practice mm-hmm. and uh and then um, and then i had uh suddenly i i had a uh, my first booming perfection and mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> yeah and uh <clears throat> And I realized that, oh my, like in that moment, it was like so clear. Oh, sh- like if I can do this, like if I can perfect this Bumi here now, if I already perfected one, like why couldn't I, I opened all of them. So why couldn't I? Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Like why couldn't I ah. perfect all of them? Like, of course I can. <laughs> and then I'd probably be, all this would probably be, you know, gone by, by the time <laughs> that I'm done. So, so that's, that's when this, uh, the final year that you talked about, that was quite kind of quick for me that that's when i put my mind to that and i and i went yeah. for it and I, yeah so yeah so that's how i, I got I, did, out. Hmm, I, I didn't mention that you were you were sort of in the first bunch that uh achieved this realization of emptiness i think you were very inspired by um you obviously saw bubba uh achieve it and then um uh villa and Yes, and uh, you 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 saw that ah oh, this is this is possible exactly yeah Baba did it first and and that was uh, amazing but you know he's always been light years ahead yeah, yeah. so I'm kind of like okay okay it's doable like uh, but uh, um, it's and probably pretty far ahead <laughs> but yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, but then Ville came along and uh, like uh, he was the second guy who pulled it. And I pulled it off so and i was like okay hey cool like uh, it kind of sank in that maybe maybe this is actually possible you know me too and then a couple of months went on and i think it was uh i think it was shane who it was the third one but he didn't say anything he just put he just wrote something cryptic <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. i could but i read between the lines and kind of all right man, uh, uh, you, you. Yeah. <laughs> okay so um yeah and then it was then by that time there was it was just about a month left or something for for me to to finish off the first 10 boomies so but yeah so that's how it went so perhaps i'll take this opportunity now to ask mm-hmm. uh, i think it's, it's a nice insight into your uh mindset at the beginning you'd obviously gone through this really difficult patch and then mm-hmm. you perfected the first and you're like oh okay well if i can perfect the first i could perfect the rest of them uh-huh. Was was there any um, any change in your practice at the time? Uh, I, I, I think you've mentioned to the sangha that you you did change it a little bit. But I was quite interested to hear about it. Yes, um, I, so I was never strict with the routines, and 
sitting down in a like proper organized fashion. I just took my practice wherever I went. Always, mm-hmm. always, always practice. Always my mind. On, you, you're working quite a lot. You've got a family. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just got to find the, the small, small, the little breaks and, you know, everywhere. Take every, mm-hmm. every opportunity. And um, yeah, I think the, I think what changed in my practice is probably that uh, the pace at which I switched, like switched uh, routine got faster. I can just generally say that for me, practice is just all about learning, like all the time, mm-hmm. learning, 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 like how can I get it better? How can I, like if I combine this with that, like what happens then? How is that effective? Like always listening to the mind, feeling, feeling uh, how the practice is affecting me and uh, making small adjustments and focusing on what's working. And, and then like after, so I find some practice that I liked really much. Like it could be guru yoga or something. It could be, mm, okay so if i if i do the guru mantra and then end it with pets or let's say oh, I, yeah, yeah let's say i just find this real oh this that worked really well and then i'd then i'd uh you know stick to that for a couple of days or a, maybe a week or something and then it would just pop into my head something like how i could change it or whatever it would just i just have an idea and i just see oh that was even better and then you know it would evolve so all the time the practice evolves and, and especially in this last in the last year it evolved more and more rapidly i'd say that was the biggest change like that at the the pace at which this uh, switching of uh practices was happening so yeah yeah uh, but uh, but but to give you like a throw a bone <laughs> like what 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 i was doing a lot of guru yoga a lot of it Yes, Guru Yoga, mainly Guru Yoga. And, and towards the end, mo- more sitting, just uh, at the yoga towards the end. Yes, uh, definitely. So w- w- when you talk yeah. about at the yoga, are you talking about mm-hmm. the, you, you would do the Guru Yoga and then sit in at the yoga for a long time after? Um, or are you talking uh, about? I would probably... Getting- I would probably just ask a blessing for my for sitting. I would just uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I would just uh, find rest and uh, ask for a blessing and just remain. Yeah, try try and, and rest. Few pets. Definitely could use pets. Yes, yes. So let me just butt in here to try and describe what we're talking about. Pet is a single syllable that we can use to shout in short, sharp bursts to try and clear our mind whilst we're meditating. Known as a seed syllable, it represents cutting through obscuration or cutting through to the nature of our mind. And when our mind gets distracted, perhaps by thoughts or perhaps by fogginess, we can use these short, sharp shouts to cut through and reveal the nature of our mind to help gain clarity again, so that we can rest in it, so that we can soak and marinate in our true nature. And uh, another detail like of my practice that I think is sort of interesting is that I, because I have this uh, uh, family life uh, always uh, buzzing around me, I, there is a little uh, room for me to uh, use like uh, loud mantras. Mm-hmm. Like, I, can, I can rarely pronounce them loudly. I mean, I, 
if I'm putting my kids kids to sleep, I might sing a few uh, mantras for them. But <laughs> but like <laughs> for my own practice, it's it's been way more practical to like because I do it on my commute or I do it in the mm-hmm. lunch room at the office or I do it, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I, I'd keep it in my, I would be silent and do it. Even pets work uh, like that. Not as, not, yeah, not as well, yeah. but, but they get the job done. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I and uh, something similar because uh, I, I'm, my life suddenly is quite busy and I'm in a shared house. And so in a shared house, it's difficult to shout. But I think yeah. once you're on the perfections, I'm sensing for myself that you don't need to, you don't need as many shouts or you can mm. do the shouts in your mind or even just with your body. So you, you uh-huh. shout, yeah. and you might whisper it or something. Yes. But, yeah. but that, exactly. that there's an effectiveness to that. You, you notice that effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, um, yeah, just, just get it done. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. really that. That's the bottom line of it. You, you know, uh, whether you do it sitting, standing, lying down uh, on your head, uh, just get it up, like uh, silently, loudly. You know, hmm. maybe if you do it loudly, you might end up needing a few less shouts than if you do it silent. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but because it feels like yeah, like especially the cutting, like it's really effective to do shouting or cutting. But uh, yeah, and the perfections, you don't have the same, it's not as necessary to to, uh, to cut in the same way. Yeah. You're kind of kind of already uh, in the in the right environment. Mm. So you just need to, it's a matter of just uh, paying attention to the yeah, to the Buddha body. Yeah, the natural state is the cure anyway. It was the cure for me. Uh, the natural state is what what takes you home. So yeah finding ways to get into the natural state yes and very intuitively it sounds like yes yes in my case very intuitively and then you never know when a video is going to pop up and you uh, you know i'd watch uh whenever something was posted i watch it and all that was written on the in the sangha page and uh, facebook i would read it and all that gives you inspiration and sort of Every once in a while, you hear something new that you did and you hadn't really thought about it in that way before, and that kind of pushes you a little bit further. And yeah, mm-hmm. kind of builds up. But it's very yes, very very much guided. But I think we're different. I think people are. This is like all that I'm telling is kind of idiosyncratic. I think for for my I I think uh, you know personalities are really different. The way our mind uh, like function or shouldn't say mind but psych but psychology psychology functions is mm-hmm. and personality how we function i think is really different some people are more intuitive and some people are more um, um like logical i think or like yeah follow uh, another kind of pattern like mm-hmm. uh because this is a kind of an exploration for the whole ha- has been an exploration for the whole sangha still mm-hmm. and i i think um by the time you uh, reached emptiness, it, it was it was thought in our sangha that well, obviously the later boomies take much longer, and uh, there were people who had been in the tenth for a year, two years, uh, or well, maybe not two years, but over a year, and uh, then you come along and slip straight through it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was it. Yeah, 
both Helena and I, we were, we, we had a, we were at similar um, stages at that time. It, it was a couple of months where both of us finished uh, 10 and then the, tw the 11th, 12th and 13th consecutively. Mm -hmm. Well, actually for me, they went uh, 11 first, then there was 13 and then lastly 12th and 12th yeah, was yeah. the most, yeah, it took the most effort. But, uh, but yeah, but by that time we got, we had uh, pretty good tools for, for doing that. Uh, yeah, so yeah. that's probably why it went so quickly. It was a couple of months to finish those three off. Probably a month, probably one month each for those uh, movies. What's about? Well, yeah. So one other, one uh, other last question about your practice. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you, you said you were doing guru yoga mainly. Did you not do so much rainbow body yoga? Okay. I refrain yeah. from saying that I didn't do rainbow body yoga because I used all the tools of that package. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. It's got everything in there. Uh, it does, and I didn't. Yes, it's but it's correct in a way that I didn't uh, use deities as much, not as much as guru. I used to definitely relied on guru more than deities in in the time period between first and tenth uh, perfection of boomings. Yes, I did, but uh, uh, but that was just a personal preference. I think uh, this is. I think for somebody else, uh, it might work uh, even better with the deities. So, mm -hmm. so uh, and, and I'm not sure, I'm not even sure what led me to that, to, to that decision. Uh, um, yeah, like we talked about it, it was a very intuitive process and I kind of went with my gut on things and never really thought twice about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what and, was uh, this final stage of 10th of like, um, if we sort of are going from 10th to mm. 11th, uh, mm. perfecting 10th and then into 11th. Oh, mm. oh like uh, what, that. Uh, uh, mm. I guess, but, um, yeah, what were your final experiences of, of 10th like? Oh, it was stressful. It was really stressful. I was, was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was in a hurry to like, <laughs> like a, we talked about i was quite sick like uh, mm. um so it was stressful because uh, it was the practice uh, the practice that was so necessary for me like it was like it was life or death really that's mm. what it felt mm. like mm. i mean so and, and that was taking up so much uh, attention from me that i needed to go to other um, worldly things like i needed to focus more on my worldly life uh, call it world i mean that's a little it's almost downputting to call my family worldly matters, but, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it depends on your perspective. Like if you're old school, like a uh, yogi style, you probably have that kind of vocabulary, but, uh, <laughs> but that's you, you not still have a life to live. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You're that's still what's a so great. person and yeah, a job yeah, and a family. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. So, so I was kind of in a rush or a lot, a lot of it for their sake, uh, mm -hmm. because uh, they weren't happy, of course, with uh, with my absence and my uh, constant uh, attention fluctuating toward uh, uh, for this practice. So, so I kind of needed to get it done. So I was really stressed out. Like I didn't pay a lot of attention to 
how I felt like or what's this stage like and trying to describe what I was seeing because I knew I wasn't done yet. So what doesn't matter? Like it's going to pass. And I had, and to tell you the truth, like in the, in the last years that had, that had been like, I had so many experiences of this and that and highs and lows. And yeah, it's just a pit of like experience, like so much <laughs> really. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So it kind of, I was kind of fed up thinking about like how I feel about things. Like I, I thought mm-hmm. enough about that. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, like uh, it was, but it was perfecting 10 was the, the biggest relief, like by was far it? the biggest, oh yeah, the biggest relief of it was to be, was to, was to this create this needy, this craving was just in an instant. It was just gone. It was gone. Like oh, it really? was like, wow. it was like it never happened. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it, <laughs> you've never been there. It was just completely. Yeah. I was just back to normal. You could say like back without this yeah, uh, yeah. splinter in my head to borrow the <laughs> matrix reference. Yeah. 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 Without that, like it, it, it was just, okay. So now what? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Ugi said a, a, a sharp stone in the shoe. You, you say a splinter yeah, in the head. Yeah. That sounds a bit more dramatic. <laughs> yeah. For, for me to get my head around this, uh, I, I think you're, you're one of the first person I connected to about uh, reaching Buddhahood and trying to understand like what was your motivation to go through so quickly. But to, mm-hmm. to understand that you've been through such difficulties, such turmoil along the path, and then to understand that when you get to the end of 10th and there's that relief now you're in emptiness and you're not you're not stuck in that uh that splinter in your head that you're talking about Mm. it's not there anymore um but you're not raveled up in it that's really fascinating to think about and to hear and uh if i'm coming at it from my point of view and i'm still having doubts about whether this path is is possible but then i hear such a down-to-earth experience of the path and you talking about now the other side <laughs> the other side yeah. as it were uh, it's it's very inspiring oh good to hear oh great great yeah it's um if you look around like people have all kinds of spectacular fantasies about what what yeah. this uh, entertainment would uh, bring with it Mm-hmm. And and it it's and I of course I carry those too like I I but they're in, in fact they're, I find I now I they're they're an obstacle to me that's what I I totally see them as an that's mm-hmm. it uh, that's rib it's quite problematic that people have these ideas mm-hmm. about what it is and this too and uh, I think even the like the ancient guys they kind of. In a way they they frame it like something really spectacular and it is i mean in a way it is but it's more it's spectacular in a poetic way like it's not mm. literally like a, that like literally like if if i would i told my spouse this she because she kind of asked what it was like and i said and i said like very mundane like it's like um walking up some stairs and then you get to the top and you know <laughs> yeah, and then you're there it's like yeah it's no there's nothing else that happens. Like you, you just happen to be at the top of this stairwell. Like 
it's just not it's very un, it's not dramatic you know yeah, yeah. there's some um, other things that came with it that were important for me like for example knowing that i wouldn't be uh going down again like that for example that's a huge relief but that's more mm -hmm. of a that's more of a like that's a narrative right i have a narrative that yeah, yeah. Uh, that i'm afraid that i might go down and, and that narrative changes uh, with this new perspective that i see that you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fall down the stairs again mm. no matter what happens so uh, you would call it a relief but not but i don't see it as a relief because that's that's just my internal dialogue developing <laughs> uh, relief for me is when attention relaxes and that's a relief. But it's not really like that. It's not, but it's a relief in a in the storyline of yeah. who I am. Did, did, yeah. did you find there was a relief in the body though? Did you was there a uh, ten? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah, little bit, a little bit. But there's been more relief in the body after that, I'd oh, say. Uh, that was did all right. Do you find there's 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 sort of a, an adaptation period? As, as it were, um, a period where th there's this momentum of, of the energies and mm. the old habits, etc., the thought patterns, in a, in a sense, do they carry on a little bit for a little while uh, whilst this emptiness realization has occurred and then they calm down? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Mm. So, that's, a, that's apt. Yeah, but it's... Um, I remember reflecting on this that it was more it was like any perfection had been it was like most perfections mm. had felt. it was felt just the same way it's just really? that now there aren't anymore it's, it's like <laughs> uh, they're very consecutive like they have this uh, very uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, this tone to them very distinct tone uh, and a perfection had for me had uh, all of them had uh, the events had were very similar in how i experienced the events so and this was just another one of them it was like uh okay so now it's so now it's now it's time for 10 so and then and then boom, <laughs> it went it, it went and it's like okay then it there it happened there it, there it went i we were having discussions uh like in the forum and the in facebook and stuff with people that were going through this and and some other uh uh folks uh, members of sangha they had uh, a lot of um like towards the end, it was a lot of like popping in and out of um, mm. cessations. The, cessations, yes, cessations. And I never had that. Uh, oh, I had, a, yeah, I had, yes. Well, I did have cessations, but they were quite early. They were earlier on. Uh, mm. Between nine and ten, there were no. I had, I didn't have cessations. All right, interesting. Yeah, when when I opened, when eight perfected, I had a, I had probably the most profound cessation that I had uh, on the path up until then. That lasted for a couple of minutes, uh, mm. probably like five minutes, and uh, uh, I was so disappointed when that was gone. When it when it was gone <laughs> back again, I'm like, yeah, can it just been a little bit longer or something? And I wasn't really, I, I wasn't really aware of this uh, uh, phenomenon or call it so. And I was, <laughs> I just got so excited about it that I didn't really give it my reflections or anything i just oh what do i do now like wow how cool like <laughs> how should i spend these moments like <laughs> yeah two minutes into it i had a, i had a work phone call coming in i just had to take this work phone call oh, did you? <laughs> so, yeah, so i spent my uh, 
more than half my session in a you know phone phone call for work <laughs> so dull but yeah oh man <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. it's quite interesting yeah to compare to some of the <laughs> others where they've they've had five day cessations so yeah and you've had yeah. you had five minutes <laughs> yeah, i had five minutes and then it was just over and then when when 10 perfected i there was just no doubt i had no doubt like oh, really? it was yeah there was no doubt it was just okay it was just like a just like the other uh, uh, perfections had been like also without a doubt, it was like, okay, so that perfected, just logic. Okay. Like, okay, so. Yeah, yeah. so is, is there any way to try and describe the difference between reality at, as you're perfecting 10th and then reality as you come into? Yeah, yeah, I, well, it's tricky because yeah. thing is like whatever i say might mislead you or like uh, might give you ideas that just are not useful mm -hmm. and just not uh, they're not it's not gonna help anybody if i and it's not gonna be accurate either like it's not gonna be yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna be able to portray that the best way that i can describe the experience is probably that it's normal like it's so normal it's just like mm, like it always should have been like uh, I think I told okay. I think uh, yeah because I, I had a, like about a week later I had a call with uh, with Baba to to talk about it and to like yeah, check in and everything and uh, yeah and, uh, and then I told him that it just feels so normal and I think it was he that said yeah like it always should have been right and I was like yeah okay. totally yeah. like this is yeah. how it was this is how it was from the beginning this is like mm -hmm. a, you know everything else it's everything else that's weird like it's uh it's being it's it's not being like this that's strange that's uh, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the the anomaly that's the anomaly like being like this is uh, is uh, how everybody should be this is uh right it's just right yeah, yeah. Uh, of course uh, life still has its problems and everything but this is the mm -hmm. this is by far the the most uh, effective way to it's one it's a great it's a wonderful way to work with those problems mm, yeah mm. From, the, from this uh, point of view yeah is there a sense of reflecting on something else baba said of this being almost reborn in a way you you're there's something about this which is restarting life you've got a fresh mm. palette or something yeah sure definitely yeah yeah i agree i agree i mean i celebrate this as my no rebirth day <laughs> like uh, <laughs> yeah. the day that the anniversary day yeah it's my no rebirth day. <laughs> yeah Wasn't it? I, I didn't mention that it was just over a, a little over a year ago that you realized yes. emptiness mm. that's mm. correct it's about yeah 13 months mm. <clears throat> yeah so so you've had a, a year to digest this <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and I, I here's the thing, like uh, about digesting it, like mm. I've noticed that uh, it's taken, it takes a long time for like the neurochemistry to adapt to this realization. Like it's like having new information, and now yeah, yeah, the whole my whole body and every chemical in my body needs to, you know, adapt to this uh, new environment. Yeah, I guess the the realization that all is good, you know, it's all good. So now that all is good, 
the body doesn't need to like you know like uh ramp up and yeah yeah push everything out and so for, for me that's a you know it's a paradigm shift so it's a paradigm shift for the uh, for the physiology so so now now that the cpu is like uh, making the calculations more or less accurately like correctly like they were it okay. feels like they weren't making them correctly before but now they're like yeah yeah now now the cpu in here is like uh -huh. <laughs> you know it's like uh, the circuit is uh, so on the correct voltage and it's uh you know it's tweaked and tuned it doesn't get overheated and it doesn't have too little energy and it you know it's just a it's perfect it's a perfectly running cpu like uh you know it's making the That's a cool way to put it <laughs> yeah it's like making the correct uh, assessments of everything and with the knowledge that is available so mm -hmm. the information that's available so so now everything else is kind of uh, adjusting to it and i and i one of the most recent changes that I just realized that that has happened over the years that I kind of stopped being uh, like jumpy. Like okay. I would, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that I was jumpy, but uh, like if some, if something kind of came at me, of course I, you know, I'd, I'd flinch. But that kind of that's more, more and more disappearing as well. Like I don't, um, my flinching is stopping. <laughs> Yeah, because the body's learning, like everything is learning mm -hmm. that that it's not going to be a problem, right? Yeah. There was a study they did on the startle reflex of I Tibetan thought. meditators whilst oh. they're meditating in open compassion, uh, in open awareness, <clears throat> and they would fire a gun like right near their ear and measure their reactions. And the, the, the physiology, uh, the, the, there would be that twitch, but... Yeah inside all the physiological changes that they, they would would stay calm fascinating uh, so yeah. there wasn't there wasn't the emotional reaction to it like the autonomic response mm, was there yes. but the rest of it wasn't there and yeah. so if you're if you're a buddha i imagine you're in open awareness most of the time <laughs> uh yeah yeah by choice probably uh most of it like uh, it depends on what i pay attention to like yeah. um but most of the time I pay attention to the reality, I guess. <laughs> I could say to a, like a fellow yogi that mm -hmm. uh, like if the natural state, like how, it, how I kind of experience the natural state now rather than before perfection of 10th is that it's non-negotiable. Could I say like there's, there is no, there's no obstacle. There's no nothing in the way. There are no veils. There's no. Mm. It's never. It's never out of reach. I never have to like strain myself to sort of mm. settle in it, or I never have to. Yeah, and if I don't do anything, that's that's where I am. So <clears throat> it's my it's the, it's the baseline baseline mm. for my mm. uh, attention to kind of rest there. It's called the natural state because because it's natural like that's the... you just like rest in it <laughs> yeah how is compassion viewed through the eyes of a buddha when you view the world when you view another mm. fellow being mm. is there any way to describe that because obviously you, you get uh, descriptions mm -hmm. of the buddha and he's uh, just flowing with compassion etc yeah. etc et <laughs> yeah exactly yeah how, how does it feel 
golden rays you know like, <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um it's not it's not too good to joke about that so much because it's actually it's it i mean i'm sure that all that imagery and stuff helped me like i'm sure it did like uh, yeah i probably wouldn't have been as uh, keen on this if uh, on doing this if it wasn't for all all that imagination <laughs> so 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 shouldn't be like too hard on it but uh, i'm just i'm just trying to have a little fun but uh, probably should be more careful with that but anyway i think compassion like it's something that's i think as i said it like uh, earlier on that uh, it was probably one of those things that led me to doing this at all like uh, I wanted to, I wanted to get better to be able to be more of use to other people. Mm-hmm. Even before the spiritual path and stuff, I would, uh, I would still like do this seek out like dark places and stuff. And, you know, my friend, I had some horrible things happening in my life when I was younger too. And I would, you know, I was a pretty happy guy, but I would always, you know, friends that were depressed and stuff, I would, Mm-hmm. go to them and I'd ask them all sorts of questions and I would almost actually not only all, I would actually wish that I had that I myself would be suffering from depression at some point just so I could relate to what it was like for them that were yeah. like because they were so I, I just couldn't understand it I wished that I could understand it so I could be of better use to them later on so I kind of I had that interest and even from before the path to apply myself to to help out my sensitivity for how what other people are going through has increased um, many many times like i think it's oh, incomparable right. yeah 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 like mm-hmm. it's not that i understand them it's not that i understand what they're thinking or what they like better i don't understand them better on that level but yeah. energetically like a I can feel their energy mm. and I can, and I can relieve their energy. So that's the bit, mm. that's the best from here. Like a, I more read and feel people's energy than I hear what they're saying. Like if they're talking to me, I'll be paying more attention to what they feel like yeah, actually, yeah. because I notice, like if I connect with, with their, uh, with their energy and I kind of, uh, apply myself to it and um, then uh, I notice that they become more relaxed uh, maybe perhaps more uh, confident or uh, more authentic or something mm-hmm. you know they kind of get helped by it so so yeah mm-hmm. I noticed that so yeah that's, that sounds fascinating to me because I, I'm getting this sense that of my sensitivity increasing to other people you feel mm-hmm. their energies much more like as soon as they walk in the room or something you're sort of aware of in in some sense of their energetic presence mm. which gives you clues to how they're feeling uh mm. maybe from my point of view i wouldn't uh i'm not at that point where i'm helping them with my energy so much or not not as much as you know you want to uh so that's an interesting perspective there mm. okay so i'm um, talking about emotions as a buddha you still feel emotions right Mm-hmm. I, th- I think this can be a, a misconception that that all of a sudden it's like an, a, an emotionally blank slate you're you're this constant level of bliss 
permanently no. and you're just mm. this walking effulgent radiating bliss but there mm. are clearly uh, emotions and energy well um perhaps you can talk about the energetics as well how do, how do you experience the energetics because obviously that must change after mm -hmm. perfection of 10th yeah. yes the energy yeah that's pretty much all there is now <laughs> yeah much more than emotions i don't know yeah i get emotions but i don't reflect okay. a lot of those like a, uh -huh. i get a, i'll be upset with something that's uh, if something's not not right or of course mm. yeah just like 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 i tried to say before like a, it's a very normal very normal mm, experience mm. Uh, to be in this uh, so however there's no um residue or there's oh, it's, such a technical word but like there's no aftermath of the emotion like you you have the emotion and you live it out or not live it out if you think it's not appropriate or you know just like anybody will but there's yeah, no yeah. but there's nothing left like when it's gone it's just gone so yeah yeah so it's um so it's very um, fluid in a way and uh, i don't there's no reason to refrain from feeling emotion or something like that i don't have to mm. be afraid of my emotions or anything the relationship with emotion i guess you could say have changed uh, but the emotions themselves are yeah i feel just like i always did more or less i'm getting the sense mm. from the way you're talking the way i've heard uh some of the others talking uh, is, is this like you said that technical word but no residue after you can mm. But, but and there's there's uh, a sense of wisdom behind it. The energetics are there, but you can choose to act on it or not act on it. And mm -hmm. uh, in a sense, it's, it's simply the display of the natural state coming into contact with others. Mm -hmm. And because you see things clearly, you can choose. You have that choice. Is there some accuracy to that? <laughs> yes. Yes, sure. Uh, I think you you don't need to be. No. I was gonna say that you don't need to purify all your boomies to have some distance to your emotions. You could you could work on that at, at mm -hmm. any point. I think, mm -hmm. and I think it's very good to do that because uh, we can't be completely controlled with emotions. But of emotions, even I don't want to be that. Like even if they're sort of you could say that they are. Uh, that they are coming from the natural state. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, I'll hold it back because that's like a better thing to do socially. You know, but you have to have to be a, a human too, like a yeah, normal yeah. person, as much as possible. Or uh, maybe you don't have to. I I prefer to do that anyway. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, there's the distance to emotions, but and you so you can refrain from expressing them, uh, and there's no residue. Yeah, you can just uh, I get mad as hell, and then and then when you get it out, it's just uh, it's just over. That's it, mm -hmm. and, and you go on with the next thing that you were describing, like how these myths about like not feeling mm -hmm. anger, for example. Mm -hmm. There is some truth to that because. Well, you feel anger, but it's not anger like over anger. Yeah, it's not yeah. like it's not meta. You don't get the meta stuff like the 
I don't get angry over um, I mean I think you could say that the emotions are just appropriate you get appropriate okay. emotions uh -huh. yeah. yeah you don't get unnecessary useless emotions the emotions are there for a reason like being angry has a that has a reason you need to change something that's not yeah, yeah. so you get angry about it like so you get some energy some go to kind of mm, mm. you know adjust but like you see emotions have a social purpose mm, mm. yeah we're social beings and so perhaps this is a good point to sort of um as as we're coming to the end so you've you've perf you've perfected 11 12 and 13 or 11 13 mm -hmm. and 12 uh, how do you see post buddhahood practices now uh, so we talk about realizing emptiness as the first stage of buddhahood and uh, then we've talked about uh, this idea of rainbow body and we have this idea in the sangha that rainbow body is is perhaps the, the ultimate, but how do you see mm. your personal practices post-emptiness? Mm. Definitely, you know, being on this path for so long, I definitely want to go, I want to open everything, obviously. I mean, I'm really into that. So, mm. Uh, mm. because I see the benefit of it, I see benefit for myself, for those who are close to me and for everybody that I meet. <coughs> Probably for those that I don't meet too. But, you know, so, um, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely in for going all the way. Uh, just like I wrote in my first email to, to Baba, like, uh, how do I get the rainbow body? Like, that's, that's still the question on my mind. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely going, going for it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, to clear out, clear out all the, uh, all the, remaining karmas from all the remaining karma from my cells and from my physical body from my nervous system and from uh, everything that i can touch like uh, yeah i mean I, I i view i kind of view it like this like uh, all of us like we're all stuck in this together on this boat we're all in this boat everybody mm. there's no separate there's actually no separation between you and me, we have separate experiences, but in fact, we're just uh, two points of view from the same whole. And uh, this karma, mm. I see it as, I don't see it as personal. I think I think all karma is everybody's karma. Uh, I just happen to be in this, like my point of view, like happens to be right here. So this is what I can work with. Uh -huh. I can work with first my non-physical mind that's closest to my attention and the next is next step is my body mm -hmm. and after that is probably my family and my sangha and uh, and those close to me like physically close to me and you know it goes from there so yeah that that's how i that's how i see the future uh, for myself <laughs> that's what it is that's what it's about awesome awesome yeah 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 everything's gotta go man maybe not in this, <laughs> maybe not in this kalpa but i don't know when but it's all gotta go yeah <laughs> we're in it together yeah we're doing it so yeah mm. thank you that was that was a really lovely uh conclusion there a nice okay. little summary of what it's all about uh thanks so much for this journey you've taken us on and uh described a clear vision from the beginning like i'm, I'm quite amazed that you uh 
sort of believe Rainbow Body from from the start and somewhere in the back of your mind you were definitely headstrong on getting to the Dzogchen path and Atta Yoga. Mm -hmm. uh, then some very clear obstacles you had to face and some difficult times which I think just really brings it down to earth, grounds this story for people, makes it much more real and your, your descriptions of what emptiness is like um, post-purification practice very clear and very real for everyone so thanks very much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure very oh. nice to get to know you through this process that's very kind that's very kind my pleasure thank you so much thank you very much yes and I'll talk to you again soon yeah cool yeah okay yeah. thank you yes. <laughs> yes, thank you